You want your five-star matches? You want your 30-minute classics? Not me. Big meaty men slapping me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Randall Beatley. Let's dig on into it. Shocking, shocking news that came out today, Friday, July 22nd, 2022. Vincent Kennedy McMahon has retired from the business. He stepped down. He is no longer the CEO of WWE. I wish him, personally, I wish him the best in his career post career you know his retirement he's not going to just sit at home like i need y'all to understand that like every, i think everyone knows that vince isn't just going to stay home that's not the guy like, this is the guy that would put in you know hours upon hours would wake up i think he said at like two or three in the morning to work out and then go go do his job man like he worked and he's worked for the last 40 to 50 years for this business, I'm going to straight up say this. I'm going to straight up say this. I will not accept any slander of Vincent Kennedy McMahon because it is not deserved. Was he a, a a saint of a human being? Absolutely not. But is anyone in the business a saint? No. This guy, Vince McMahon, for the last 50 years, has provided a platform in a, for us to enjoy. And I'm sick and tired of everyone... Congrat! Like everyone, sort of celebrating. Vince McMahon is gone. Hooray! Hurrah! I'm tired of the disrespect. The business, without McMahon, is not and will never have been to the point that it got to. I will not accept any slander of Vince McMahon. In my opinion, today is the biggest, most important moment in wrestling. 
I don't want to say in, in, in history of wrestling because there's been a lot of important moments. But this is an important moment. This is history. And I think we should thank Vince for the memories that he gave us. I will never slander Vince McMahon ever. Because without him, there is no John Cena. There is no Hulk Hogan. There is no Randy Orton. There is no Triple H. There is no Undertaker. Without Vince McMahon, I don't believe there is wrestling. At least in the form we have it today. Vince McMahon revolutionized the sport. He brought it to national broadcast. I understand it was on TV before him, but he made it national. He understood, like, and, and everyone's going to critique, oh, well, he, he ended the territories. He did this, he did that. Vince McMahon revolutionized the business, made it what it was, right? And, 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 and the peak of the business, the Attitude Era, the Rootless Aggression Era, let's not act like that was, like that was bad, right? I understand the last 10 years, has been pretty awful at, at times. But I'm not going to sit here and allow people to say that, you know, oh, thank God Vince is gone. Think about him whatever way you want to think about him, profession or personally on, on a personal level. But professionally, this dude literally, I believe, is the reason the business is still alive. That's, that's just my take. That's just my opinion. I understand personally he may, you know, he, he's had issues. There have been things that he's done personally that I, I'm not the biggest fan of. We don't know if these allegations are real or not. But we live in a world, and I'm trying not to get political because this is a wrestling podcast. But we live in a world where you have to sort of automatically accept and believe all women. <laughs> and see, I, I just don't. Because there's been numerous cases, right, where the woman reported abuse and they were wrong. I'm not saying that's the case here. We don't know the facts. So I'm not going to make a judgment. And I'm not going to judge Vince McMahon because he had consensual sex with the employee and forced them to sign NDAs. It's not a crime. It's not a crime what he did. Is it, you know, morally acceptable? Probably not. But it's not like he went out there and raped them. 
It's not like he went out there and, you know, abused them physically. So I, there is no Vince slander here. I understand he's had, you know, things that have happened in in his life personally. You know, the Owen situation and all of that. Yeah, look, I understand that, you know, there are some dark spots in, his, in, in, in what Vince McMahon has done. No one's celebrating him as like some moral saint. But can we at least give the guy his, his roses, his thank yous? Because he gave us moments. He gave us memories. He created superstars for us to look up to and to believe in. And for that, I say thank you. Let's move on, though. Let's move on. What does the implications of Vince McMahon stepping down? Like, like, first off, I'm not expecting change to happen, like, immediate. It's hard to, you know, make immediate changes. But we got Stephanie and we got Nick Khan. They're sort of like co-CEO. Um, Triple H is back as like talent relations, EVP. Um, so here's, here's what I hope doesn't happen. I'm stoked that Triple H is back in WWE. But here's what I hope doesn't happen. I hope Triple H doesn't go off and try to create some sort of indie feel, bring NXT back to that. Because I don't think we need that. We don't need that style. I like NXT 2.0 and, and what it is. Um, I don't think we need to change that. There should be no re- There is no reason to change that. Right? Should we get a little bit more action in the ring? Sure. I'll be fine with that. But don't change sort of the the gimmick feel, the sort of soap opera feel, because we don't really get that anywhere else. So it is unique to WWE. It is actually part of what I like about WWE is that that type of feel... Now, I do wish that they would, you know, book the segments to be better. Because um, Raw is rough to watch for three hours. And they're even... Like, I watched SmackDown tonight. And there are even parts there that sort of dragged on that, um, that I really didn't care about. I, I wish they made certain segments better. Maybe stretch out a little bit. Um, or, or, you know... I think the number one change we need to get, and I'm pretty sure I've said this on another episode, um, is to create a mid-card title for the women. Um, One, to give the rest of the women on the card, because you can really only have like three or four in the main title picture. Um, So you have the two main, you know, they're all on the SmackDown. And so you can really only have about, you know, 
four women in that picture at one time that are, you know, being built as potential champions, like world champions. And so the rest of the women on the roster need something to do. It, uh, it could also be a breeding ground to test whether or not they are, they'd be believable as a champion. Um, so that, I hope that's what we get. Um, I hope with McMahon gone, we lose Kevin Dunn and we get like consistent, like video angles and we're not switching every two seconds. Cause that's the only, like I hate Kevin Dunn. Not, I don't know anything he's done personally, but I hate Kevin Dunn solely because of his style of filmography. The changing of camera angles every 30 seconds, um, you know, and, and because of that, there are moments, you know, Edge's return at Royal Rumble. Um, there were several spears, and the Dolph Ziggler spear was sort of was missed in the original live pay-per-view because they were swapping angles. Um, and 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 so if you weren't in the stadium, you know, live, like when they switched angles, like the crowd exploded, and we're like, well. Right, and in all these crowd shots in the middle of matches, we don't fucking need those, Kevin Dunn. So, there are people like like the, in my opinion, what what is known as sort of like the wrestling bubble in W or the WWE bubble, the sort of people that have been there for like forty, like 30, 40 years that are like McMahon, cronies, Kevin Dunn, Bruce Pritchard, guys like that, uh, Laurinaitis. I think they're out. And I think we're going to get a whole new booking team, a whole new um, creative mindset. I hope that we can get better storylines. But I really hope they don't go away from, you know, what makes WWE unique, which is a heavy focus on storyline. Not necessarily, like, in-ring stuff. Um, because it does make them unique. Um that's just my opinion, though. I don't think much changes immediately. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. This is, I mean, it's kind of, it, it kind of caught me off guard, the, the timing of the announcement. I would have figured he would have waited till after SummerSlam. Uh, just to, you know... Just to, you know, you know, get through SummerSlam and maybe even like come out the Monday after SummerSlam and say, "Hey, it's been a great run." You know, goodbye. But I'm retiring. I would have rather that happened personally. Like the timing was weird. Like, um, but who knows? I don't really necessarily know. Like what the plan is, where they're going, nor do I, like, really care. But here's what I will say. Now, I don't know if Alvarez's reporting is wrong. Brian Alvarez reported, uh, like, minutes after Vince announced that Brock Lesnar was furious um, and, and walked out of SmackDown. And then, if you watch SmackDown, here's a spoiler alert. Um, skip a few seconds. But Brock Lesnar showed up tonight to end the episode and so I don't know if Alvarez's reporting is wrong or if 
WWE sort of reported on purpose to the dirt sheets and to these the idiots who follow them that Brock left to sort of draw interest. Because I'll be honest with you, the only reason I watched tonight was to see if Brock Lesnar showed up. And there was a, about halfway through the show, I had already watched the hour. I was like, okay, we'll just finish watching this thing. Um, and then Brock showed up and got the big pop. Um, so, but I kind of figured that they had secured Brock at least to show up in Nashville for SummerSlam because they continued to promote the match. Um, and so... I kind of figured he was still at least going to do the match because they literally ran the promo for it a couple times tonight. So... When he did come out, uh, it was sort of that, that pop, but it wasn't necessarily really a surprise, in my opinion. Um, but definitely probably drew some, some, some rating off of that. Um, I don't know how many people would have stayed for the whole show to see if Brock was going to be there. I'll say this. Glad to see Stephanie on TV again. Um, this personally, I've always had like this crush on Stephanie. Uh, she was like, so, you know, you had like in that era, in that era, women's wise, you know, you had Trish and, and, and Stacy and Tori and, and, uh, Don Marie and, and all of these beautiful looking women. And I was always also attracted to Stephanie. Um, you know, as a kid and, and even now, like, I still think she's one of the better looking figures in wrestling. Um, and I've always liked, you know, and so I'll, 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 we'll talk about this. We'll talk about sort of my evolution into liking heels. So as a kid, you know, and then you know, going through middle school, high school, I always hated the heels, right? Which, first off, is the job of being a heel is to get people to hate you. But I, I always, like, I didn't understand why people cheered for the bad guys, right? Um, and so I was always cheering for the good guys, Ziggler, 2012-2013 Ziggler, right? The underdog Ziggler. Um, Daniel Bryan leading into WrestleMania 30, right? I was always cheering for these guys, Cena, stuff like that. Hated the Miz, um, and I absolutely like despised Stephanie McMahon in like kayfabe character on TV because she was the evil authority figure. But I would love to. Ha- I would love. I would love if they brought that back. Trips is back. Steph's in command. Right. And they have the on in person. Right. You could have sort of Adam Pierce be their little crony. Backstage, sort of in the 
you know, the old, you know, Kane gimmick, have Adam Pierce play that. I would love if they brought that gimmick back. I really would. Because I don't think I appreciated it as much as it should have been appreciated. They were so good at getting people to hate them. And I would love to have that back. Now that they're actually in charge, that would be great. Like, sort of add a little bit of realism. Um, to, to what's going on. Um, I don't know. It's just weird. This is a weird, a weird, uh, to, to me that timing is just weird. You know, a week before SummerSlam, you know, you, your CEO retires. It's just, it's just weird timing to me. Um, again, I wish all the best events in, in his retirement and, Part of me, I, I'm going to say it this way. I've, I'm going to end this sort of segment. We, we're still going to talk about some, some stuff. I'm going to end this talking about Vince um, this way. I still don't believe it's 100% official. I think Vince is, is playing all of us. I, until the motherfucker is dead, I don't believe that this guy will ever give up 100% control of his company. I, I, I just, it just doesn't, it blows my mind. Like, because we, we've sat here and said we'll never see Vince, you know, give up control. He's going to have to die for them to take the company from him. And then he just sort of goes off quietly. Nah, you can't, you can't convince me that Vince McMahon is gone. This is just sort of, I'm leaving for now, but really behind the scenes, I'm still controlling shit. That's all this is. That's all I believe this is. I believe it's no different than what Dan Snyder did with what the Washington football team slash commander slash whatever the fuck you want to call him, where he sort of put his wife in charge as team president and CEO, but he's still controlling things. We all know he is, right? I still think Vince is in control. Stephanie's just going to be the face of the, the brand now with Nick Khan on paper. Um, and so until this motherfucker is dead, you can't convince me otherwise that Vince McMahon isn't controlling the WWE. That's just the way that, uh, that, that's just how I feel about it. I'm <laughs> just be honest with you. What else is there to talk about? And I mean, it's really hard to talk about anything. And I know every wrestling podcast, every motherfucker with a wrestling podcast you know, is either going to create time sometime, either Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, you know, in the, the, to talk about Vince McMahon retiring. That's all they're going to talk about. That's all your wrestling podcasts are going to talk about it for the next, like, two, three days. All right? Vince McMahon retires. That's all the TikTok content's going to be about. Hey, that's all of it, right? Vince McMahon retires. Praise, you know, and you have the people who are like, praise the Lord. And then you have the other people who are like, Thank you, Vince. Right? Those are really your two sides. Um, so, again, thanks, Vince. Like, I'm on the thank you, Vince side. Thank you for everything you've given us and what you've provided to the business. Um, taking it to heights, I don't think it would ever be. Eh, it would have been on TV, but would it have been on, you know, national TV with, with national TV companies fighting for TV rights and sponsorship rights? Like, I don't know. Does WrestleMania become what it's become without Vince McMahon? Right? I mean, it's a, it's a, 
And I think we got to give Vince his credit. I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame, you know, heading into the next year's next year's class, 2023 class, headlined Vince McMahon. And I would really love for him to get his own class, his own, just just him by himself. That's what I would do personally. Um, but let's go in and. I don't want to do necessarily predictions for SummerSlam because I'm going to do that next week. Um, I'm going to give my official predictions next week on you know the card and who I think wins and what I think happens um, and what I would what I would like to happen, you know, things and stuff like that. But um, I do want to talk about. I don't like doing episode reviews, but I did watch. Well, I'll. I don't know what else is there to talk about, really. I don't like doing episode reviews because I, I don't pay attention to the whole show. Like I, I re, this week's like NXT. I record on Tuesdays, and at some point during the week when I have time to watch, I'll I literally skip through ninety percent of the show, watch some of the things that I like. Um, it's about two hours long and I probably watch a total of 30 minutes of programming. I skip the commercials. I skip all of it. I just, NXT is providing a lot of good characters, but there's also a lot of this random, like the, most of what I skip is the actual matches. I'm not a match person. I'm not, at least for the pay-per-view. I'm a big proponent of the televised shows should be mostly promo and lead up to the matches and really the only entering action I want to see like so let's just take Braun Breaker uh, for example um, I'm assuming his next feud is going to be against JD McDonough um, and so I don't want to see these two fight each other in any way shape or form especially in a match until, like, a pay-per-view event. Or what they call premiere live events, right? I don't want to see them, you know, they could do promos. They could, you know, talk shit about each other. I'd like to see some out-of-arena promos. And, you know, maybe uh, JD finds out where Braun's staying or what. You know, I'm not going to give, like, fantasy bookings on how to book it, but... I just think like we've gone through this sort of lazy cycle of just expecting matches upon matches upon matches to happen. We don't need that. Give me promo. Give me reason to care about the main match, right? Um, so I'll use like Roman and Brock. Like Roman and Brock should not, and they're doing this right this time. Right? Like they do this right here, right? Roman and Brock should not even see each other, right? They've they've both said their shit. We have the match planned. Now, I'd still like to see some promo from Roman, you know, on, on a yacht somewhere in the middle of the ocean or on an island somewhere talking about how he'll see Brock in, in, in Nashville um, or whatever just to sort of keep Roman Reigns, you know, on the show without him actually having to be there alive. Um... So I think they could do that better. But I don't want Roman nor Brock to touch each other the entire build-up to the SummerSlam feud. Why? 
I just it just it just doesn't make sense to have you know, for example, Street Profits and Usos are fighting each other. Right? How many matches have the Street Profits and the Usos been in on free TV, right? And I get a lot of them end in DQs or whatever, but why even have the match? Right? Keep them separated. Promo, promo, promo. You know, backstage attacks. Promo, promo, promo. And then have the actual match that I care about. Um, rather than... Because I'll, I'll be honest with you, a lot of the pay-per-views in the past, the matches haven't meant much because we've seen them four times. In the build-up where, you know, let's just say, you know, Ziggler versus Miz... You know, how many times did they fight each other on free TV and then they add some stipulation and that great run, right? We've seen, we saw Miz and uh, Ziggler a lot and Ziggler's stipulation was like, if you, if I lose the pay-per-view match, I, I, uh, I retire, I lose my career, right? And we all knew Ziggler was going to win with that stipulation added. Plus, we've, you know, seen eight this match four times in the last month, right? And so, if they would have, you know, built that over a three-month period where the only times they fight are the premier live events, and say Miz wins two in a row, right? And Ziggler comes out the next night after losing again and saying, hey, give me one more match at the next, you know, pay-per-view, and if I lose this one, I, I, I retire. That And then just build it up. Build it up promo style. That would have made a lot. That, that would have. It would make the actual matches mean something. Because I think we've lost the. Meaning behind a lot of matches. And, and again I, I always do this. Independent wrestling is a good thing. It is the foundation of the industry. But I think a lot of. What happens in independent wrestling. Is ruining the business. Because in indie wrestling today. You got a lot of stars who are making a lot of money. They show up at one event for one event, and they don't. You don't see them again for six, seven months at that that promotion, and they just get paired in random matches that mean nothing. You know, a bunch of random un. You know, no storyline in between a lot of the matches. You you know, you can get a card where um, you have you have some old veteran. So I'll use an example. There's a show. I mean, I'm still planning on going to the show in August here in North Carolina. It's FTRs on the card. Arn Anderson's on the card. Um, I think Arn's son is on the card, and then a bunch of other um, you know guys that aren't really known that's part of the promotion. But the big big guests are you know FTR is going to be here. Well, there's no storyline as to why FTR would be at this promotion, other than. We're getting them here to bring people into the seats. And I, if that's the case, that's fine. But let's not act like it's good to just put FTR in a match. Like, why Why do? Why would I care about the match? And I think, you know, AEW's done that a bunch. Um, Impact's done it some. I don't really watch Impact all that much. ROH, I know, did it a lot. New Japan, I don't watch, so I don't know what they do. But... I can definitely speak on AEW where they put matches together for their shows and there's really no build-up to why they're fighting, so why should I care? And then they fight three times in a month leading up to the pay-per-view. Like, 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 I've already seen this match four times. 
like why why would I care the fourth just because it's on a pay per view, right? So and then WWE's done the same thing, right? I'm not gonna act like WWE didn't do that. They have, um, and I it's one of the things I w- I would like to see change. Matches should only stick to pay per view premier live event stuff, and the televised show should just be, you know, promo. That's that's how I would build a promotion. I want my TV show to be promo for you to buy my pay per view. Right. That's that's. I mean, you can still get action on the show. You know, have matches that have matches on. The, I'm not saying no matches on the show, but have matches. You know, say the big the big show matches. You know, for SummerSlam, right? Brock and Roman. You know, all of that. Have. You know, you can have like lower card guys, people who aren't going to be on the SummerSlam card fight on the main roster shows the 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 non-pay-per-view shows the televised shows you know guys like Cedric Alexander have yeah sure they can be in a match maybe to set up a feud with someone else I just I don't know I feel like I'm talking in circles now um there's not much else I really just did this to talk about Vince and to give my opinion on Vince I think he's created a lot um, of opportunity for people and a lot of great memories for the fans. He will go down as, to me, the greatest promoter of all time. Um, no matter what people say, I mean, this dude worked 20 hours a day, it seemed like, um, to give us, you know, what we what we have. And it's not all been perfect. Um, he's not by far a saint. Um, but uh, at the end of the day... Vince McMahon is a Hall of Famer. Vince McMahon and it gave us literal memories for decades. Um, so I will never slander him, uh, personal or personally or professionally. I do have a lot of respect for him, and I do wish him well in his retirement. And I do thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Randall Beatley. It's been great to to do this episode, and I will see you on the next one.